Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Burgess Hill. This message is by Matthew Weldon. Most of you will know me anyway, um, but Kevin introduced me anyway, and my name's Matt. Um, you'll mostly see me doing what Kevin just did, um, and introducing the service and leading you through that, and then normally introducing Kevin. So we've completely swapped places this week, and it's good to do it. Um, whether or not I want to do it again, you can ask me later. So I just want to recap on what we have been doing. Perfect. Like clockwork. Thank you, Josh. So over the past couple of months or so now, we've been looking at living a next step life. And we've been looking at a few different aspects of that in living a life of a worshipper and doing prayer. And we had the video from Jen last week. I heard it was very good. I wasn't here. I'm still yet to see it, but I will. I'm very looking forward to it because everybody's been talking about it. And we're going to be continuing that theme today because we're looking at worshipping God in hard times. So I have named my preach today, The Battles and the Victories. And yeah, I'll get on to why I named it that afterwards but we'll talk about the battles to start with and God's been speaking to me particularly about a certain period in my life which I'm going to let you all in on now and hopefully you'll get to know me a bit better than you already do even the people that know me pretty well and yeah we'll see how we get on hopefully I won't be booed off I am used to speaking to 11 to 18 year olds um, so that should make it really easy to understand um, and I'm sure you're all much better behaved than some of them but if I do tell you off for being on your phone that's why so I'm going to start my testimony from about the age of 13 but I'll just give you a quick um, background on me before I get to that so I grew up in a town called Northampton um, it's in the middle of England um, it's pretty rough um, yeah, it's pretty ghetto. I made it out alive and I made it down here to sunny Horsham or sunny most of the time anyway. Um, I grew up in a Christian family. Um, my mum and my dad divorced when I was very young. So me and my sister Kirsty, um, we grew up and with just a single mum. My mum did the best she could. She did a very good job, I'd like to think. Um, my dad passed away when I was 10 years old. Um, I had an okay relationship with my dad, um, especially when I was younger anyway. Um, and of course, I was young when he died. So, But I'd only see him every other week. Um, that was just the terms in which that was settled. So, And it was quite strange. Um, being that young, it, you don't really get it at first and you sort of grow into it and it was strange. Um, but he hadn't been around all the time anyway. So it wasn't overly bad. I wouldn't say it scarred me too much. And then we get up to where I want to talk from and probably about the hardest time in my life today. And yeah, I'm sure will be the hardest forever. So when I was 13, it was the first time that I remember calling an ambulance for my mum. 
So I remember the day very, very clearly. It was a Saturday. I remember what I did with my friends that day. I remember playing out on the streets and what we did. I remember what we watched on TV that evening. I remember what happened in the episode of the TV show that we watched. Um, it's all just stuck in my mind. And that evening after we had went to bed, I woke up um, to my mum shouting me and I had to call an ambulance for her. So it was quite... Yeah, a traumatic experience um, being 13. My mum was okay. She had been in the hospital a couple of years before, but it wasn't necessarily impacting her day-to-day -day life. Um, and in terms of like condition, she was fine. She would go to work every day. She was healthy enough, um, and that was all right. But something was not going on right in her at that time, and I called an ambulance, and that started off... A long time, that started off, yeah, for a number of years, her going into hospital, in and out, uh, multiple times throughout the year. And she was diagnosed with a condition um, called COPD, which is a respiratory condition, which meant that she had really bad breathing and that she had real difficulties with that. So, and that sort of started a period of my life where it would often get worse around summer. So as the pollen comes out, it would make it really difficult for her to breathe. And then she'll be in and out of hospital multiple times a summer. And then she would normally tend to be okay for the winter. And that was my life for the next nine years, pretty much. Um, so, yeah, as time went on, her condition was getting worse, and I had a faith in God. We'd grown up going to church, um, yeah, every week. I loved church growing up. Um, I loved it for the wrong reasons, admittedly. Um, I had my best friends at church. We had a big field out the back of our church. We would play football every Sunday. It was the highlight of my week. I couldn't wait to go and see the friends that I had at church because... They didn't live on my side of town, so I didn't get to see them in the week. I would just see them in the holidays or at church. Um, so it was a great time for me, and yeah, I enjoyed that. And so I, I knew God well, and I enjoyed going to church, and I knew the stories from going to Sunday school and going into the youth and doing that every week. And so I had a, quite a good understanding. Um, and as I started to get older, as I became a teenager, I... As most teenagers do, I started to slip away. They started to become a bit of a drift between um, God and myself. Um, but I always had a faith. I never did not not believe in God. I never thought God wasn't there. I never lost my faith in that. It was just my relationship with him was becoming strained. I just wanted to live a normal life. I wanted to live the life my friends at school were living. And I started to drift away. And I want to tell this story... Um, interlinked so I'm going to go through sort of the years and how my faith in God ran alongside my mum's condition because even though I wasn't really walking with God as her condition got worse as she would go into hospital that would that was almost like a connection between me and God because that's essentially when I would run to my father in heaven and cry for help um, which we often do and we can do because he is our heavenly father and he looks after us. Um, but unfortunately, that was the only sort of pillar of mine and God's relationship. 
So yeah, we grew up and my relationship with God was getting worse as I was getting older. As you become more exposed to different things, I was seeing things on the internet, I was getting involved with the wrong people, I was going to parties and everything that goes along with that. And I could find myself distancing myself more and more from God. But every single time mum would go in to hospital, I would come crying back to him and be like, Lord, you've got to do something. And I prayed for mum every night. Like right from, yeah, 13, when that happened, I was just praying for mum all the time, every day. Um, praying that she would get better and just praying that, yeah, that he would look after her and that she would, wouldn't have difficulty breathing. She was still going to work. She started taking quite a lot of time off of work. And when, so that's sort of through my school life. And as I got a little bit older, I started getting ready to go to uni. I went to uni for a year. And it was around, it was just before I went to uni that my mum, after having quite significant periods off of work and having a long time off of work, um, she had to retire due to ill health. Um, and so there wasn't any money coming in because she was a single parent. And my sister, by this point, my sister's eight years older than me, so she had moved on. Um, she was married and living her dream. And so my mum, yeah, was then receiving benefits from the government just to live because there was no other way that she could make money to live. Um, and so I went off to uni and... Uni was great. I loved uni. Um, I Just before I went to uni, I truly, what I would say, gave my life to God. Um, when I was 18 at faith camp, that was when I made the decision that, okay, God, I actually want to do this now. And there was a process that I went through to get to that point. But that's when I said, God, I want you to be my everything and I'm going to live my life for you. So I went to uni and that was... That was a defining moment in my life because if I hadn't given my life to uni, to God before I went to uni, then it could have gone poorly, I imagine, with the things that everything that I was exposed to there. But instead, I actually got an opportunity to be a light in the community that I was in and I got to speak to my flatmates who were not Christian. And I, even though I would, I would go to parties, I would go out, I was part of that life, I could actually be the difference in that and people saw the difference in me and I could tell them how God had changed my life. Um, however, uni didn't work out for me and ultimately now I put it down to it's just, it just wasn't God's plan for me, it wasn't right at the time and it's funny how God's faithful actually because he got me there and he put me with the right people and safe people and obviously use me there and it's all part of his plan but it's just amazing how God's faithful even when you're not in the right place you know so I left uni and I had to go home the only problem was that my mum wasn't working anymore and she couldn't afford to keep me um so I had to look for jobs and it was a miracle in itself that I got the job when I did and that was sort that's another story in itself how I really cried out to God for that. But then after I'd heard the call for God um, to bring me to Bible College where I've been now and that's why I'm here, I then got a job for a couple of years and I was working away. So I lived with my sister 
I worked in Birmingham, so I was going back and forth to see mum at the weekends and serve at church because I still did youth there and I was still serving on different teams there. But mum's condition was getting worse all the time. It got to the point where she had to have a lot more care in the house and she needed oxygen tanks now to keep her on and it just started with ones to get her up the stairs and then it started with ones that she needed to take out to go to places. So just to go to church, we would have to get her hooked up to her oxygen tank and she would have this trolley and we would like push it along and that became our life but it was slowly getting worse and worse to the point where she used to have tanks in the house and then she was on 24-hour oxygen and then she needed home care so people would come in and they would do her meals for her, they would get her up, they would get her dressed because by this point she wouldn't like survive if she was to try to go up the stairs without oxygen she wouldn't make it she would die before she got to the top um so this was always bringing me closer to god and i remember just praying so hard all the time i was just like god you cannot let it be now like every single time she would go off to hospital it would be like i was reliving that point again i was reliving the same thing every time of god i can't i'm not ready yet i can't lose it yet like i'm not ready for life without it yet and i was just begging god all the time please god don't let it be now and and then when i was at bible college um it was in February of my first year, so I'd done one term, I'd gone back to cr- for Christmas, um, we did Christmas together, how we did everything um, each year, and then I came back and I remember, yeah, so clearly again, it was week eight, and me and my friends were in my room, and it was quite late at night, and I had a phone call from my brother-in-law, and to be honest, it was really late, and I thought, like, this is a prank, he's out with the boys, um, they know me from when I'd been out with them in the past, like they're pranking me, so I ignored it and I was like, if it's important, he'll ring me back and he rung me back again. Um, and I remember going out into the corridor and he told me, like, look, your mum's gone to hospital, but it's actually really bad this time and we don't think she's going to make it. We need you to come safely, but as quickly as you can. And I remember still now the toilet that I went into where like, I just broke down because I'd just been praying so hard for so long um, of God, like, don't let it be now. But what's interesting was that when it wasn't a thought that came from me, it wasn't a pride thought, but not long before that, there's something started to change in me of like, not like God it's okay for her to go now but God like I trust you with my everything now and like I believe in you and I know that you would have me and obviously that didn't stop any of the emotion when I got that phone call so I drove up to Northampton and yeah we got to the hospital and a lot of my family were there already and the doctor pulled me and my sister in to his office and it was just like look like this is it like this is the end it was always going to happen with this condition it just eats away and then it gets to the point where you can't live with it anymore and that's the point that she was at and she was being kept alive by this machine and that started a pretty rough and very sleepless sort of like 48 hours and I remember it was awful. We had people from our church. My mum was a huge character in our church. She was part of the eldership team and she we had been in that church like my whole life. So she had 
really good friends there, friends for life. And like they were coming one by one and saying their goodbyes. And I just remember I was a wreck. Like I got to the point where I didn't have anything left to cry anymore. There was just an emptiness like inside me, like everything was gone. And but God was speaking to me and like all the time. And if Joshy, can you um get the Psalm twenty three? Cheers. So God was speaking to me all the way through and it just really put me at rest. And this is one of the, the most... Oh, it's really weird standing next to the speaker. Um, it was... It's obviously a really famous um, passage of the Bible. Many people will know it, even a lot of non-believers will know it. Um, but God was just speaking to this, to me on repeat. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures and it was just like on loop in my head it was like I couldn't stop hearing this verse it was going round and God was just showing me how I was being like like in that circumstance we had a lot of family there there was a lot of us crammed into this room um, some of them have traveled from far and wide um, to see mum before she went and I got to and I know people were saying like how is he doing this? Like, how is he coping with this? And I was just praying all the time. I was just spending time with God in my mind. And I still, every day, I speak this over my life. It's the first thing I speak over my life every day. I say, Lord, you are my shepherd. I shall not want. You make a table for me in the presence of my enemies. And God just kept on repeating that to me. And after the time came where mum passed away, um, I was speaking to my sister Kirsty about it. We went back to hers and God had been giving her the same scripture over and over again in her head. And I personally didn't know at that point where uh, my sister was in her relationship with God. Um, yeah, just wasn't sure where it was. But I know that started something for her. I know that really reignited something in her um, that God wanted to do in her life. And it started, I was home for maybe a week before I went back to Bible college and I just received so much love. God just showed his love to me in so many different ways in that time. People who hadn't spoken for years were getting in contact with me. People from my church showing me support, friends saying they needed me, people at college just praying for me all the time, sending me messages all the time. And it's it's hard being in that situation because you don't have a clue what to answer to those messages. There's no way you can answer to those messages, but it's just nice them coming in. And God was just showing me his love in so many ways and constantly speaking to me. Psalm 23, you are my shepherd and I shall not want. And God was just proving to me. And I think after that week, I remember I was just in my bedroom in my sister's house and I was just, I remember I just stayed in bed for about a week and I was just spending time with God and I just felt lost. I just felt empty and I was like, Lord, it's like I feel like I've got nothing now because even though my mum, she wasn't well enough to work, there was no way she could, she could keep me. In the natural, she was no security to me, but I think when you lose a parent, you can't help but feel that loss of security in your life. Um, but God was just proving himself to me. And he was like, I know you feel empty because I just felt like where my sister lived, um, well, she still does live, but they've started building houses around But where at the time there was a lot of fields around the house and that's exactly how I felt I just felt like I'm in this middle of the field and there's nothing this around me and I was like God I need you and God just pulled me through that time and it was such a mixture of emotions because I couldn't be happier that my mum had gone to be with her saviour because 
that's exactly where she wanted to be. She's in heaven now, though. I have no doubt about it. Nobody who knew her has any doubt about it. And she's exactly where she wants to be. And she's up there and she's got no more oxygen tanks. There's no more wires hanging out of her. She's exactly in perfect condition, just praising her God every single day. And so that's my part of the battle. And this is why I called it the battles and the victories, even though sort of the theme of what we're going along is worshipping God in hard times. I didn't want to give you a survival guide to make it through hard times. Like they're just going to come and if you're all like, if you get it, okay, you'll make it out on the other side because to every battle, there's a victory. And thankfully the victory is one for us. It's not in, and there's, there's no ifs or doubts about it. The victory is in our hands and God's won it for us. So it's not if there is a victory, it's you'll make it through and there is a victory. Just take a bit more of this. So now with this sort of second half of my talk, I'm doing okay. Um, I just want to help you see that no matter what your battle is your battle may be something very natural you might have financial difficulties you might have relational issues there might be problems in your marriage um, you might be looking for work you might be looking for a house um, it can be a number of things but there's a victory to every battle and there's a purpose in every single one there's a reason you're going through what you're doing in and God wants to bring the best because God makes the best out of every situation doesn't he so there's fruit to be born and for you to bear from your current battle. I just want to talk to you about some of the personal fruit that I went through that I've seen in my life from that circumstance. Is that I know that I've been in a place where I felt like I lost everything. I know that I've been at what for me was rock bottom or what for me felt like was rock bottom I lost my security I felt lost in this world and I didn't know what to do and now for me I have faith in God that I can go through anything in life and I know that he's got hold of me I know that he'll support me I know that even like many of you know I've been looking for work since um, leaving KF uh, or my contract finishing at KF and it's been a journey it's been a couple of months and there's been times where I've really been frustrated holding on to God but I know that God there's a time and I'm exactly where you want me to be right now if I'm sitting at home unemployed and I'm just serving at United our youth club at church or I'm doing freedom or I'm doing church on Sundays there's a purpose for what you want me to be I am exactly where I need to be right now even if it doesn't and look like I want in the natural and another thing that God's just been showing to me is that I am a son of the king and I am an orphan no more and even though in the natural in the world's eyes I am an orphan I don't have any parents um, but I have a God who pulled me out of the pit I have my story he pulled me out he clothed me he gave me a name and he's given me an inheritance and it's just something that I wasn't going to really planning to say, um, but Beth and I went on a ministry trip last week with PJD, which is why I wasn't here. And God, yeah, was just speaking to me about um, our position in Him and who we are in Him and how I have that inheritance. And He was speaking to me about like earthly royalty and how there's there's no person of royal descent on earth who wakes up and 
doesn't expect to be waited on hand and foot. There isn't anyone who wakes up and they don't expect their meal to be cooked for them. They don't expect to go out and their car to be driven or for their stuff to be paid for or them to be protected as they go around. And that's the sort of faith that God's invested in me and that he wants to invest in you as well, is that we can go through this thing called life and there can be storms and there can be circumstances that come at us, but it's okay because we have our needs in God. We have those basic needs. We know that he's got us. He won't leave us to perish, but he's got us every single day. And I just really wanted to encourage you guys that just to don't get to where I had to be to realise that in your life. Don't get to the point where you're at your rock bottom to know that God's your everything. And even though you you may have everything you want in the world, your life may be perfect, um, but God's still your number one. Your satisfaction can only be from him. And he wants to give you everything now. He doesn't let you hit rock bottom before. That may be your journey and he can do that. But he wants you to thrive in what you're in now. He doesn't want you to just make it through life. He wants you to live life to fullness in him. And recently, God's been speaking to me about my family line and about how yeah, even though I don't have parents now in the natural, I'm at the start of a new family line, essentially. And he's been speaking to me about how there's, gonna be, there's no man above me. There's no one to dictate what I do, but I only have the king above me. I only have my heavenly father who's going to take me through life. I'm hearing the Holy Spirit and just being led through life, being led by what he wants me to do in what he wants me to do and the purpose that he wants me to lead. And that means that I'm cut off from any generational sin. It says in Exodus 25, I think we don't have that one, but it says about how things can be done by your ancestors, it can be done by previous generations that can be cut off now and... I know for God, during the freedom course, God really, especially in the encounter, God showed me. Um, I used to be a person that had a bit of a temper. Um, the football pitch is always a good sort of, yeah, spirit measure for how I'm doing in that. Kevin and Joel can tell me if I've got any better in that in the time that they've known me. Um, but it's always been, especially since being at Bible college, we have a football pitch in the garden. We play two, three times a week. When it got to summer, we were playing nearly every day. And it's something that became almost quite a burden on me. It became an embarrassment to me because the way that I could lose my temper on a football pitch, it wasn't nice. I was embarrassing myself. I wasn't living like the life that my father wanted me to live and but God showed me that actually that I'm bearing a generational sin of anger that's come down from my father and that he wanted to cut that off and I knew that well I knew in that moment that it's a shame that I was carrying from that there was a guilt that wasn't mine to bear I can't you can't influence whether generational sins on you or not it's not something that you want to take it's something that can be on you but God has set us free from that and this was in the freedom curriculum this week and I had to nick it um, and it's from Exodus 26 and it says you can be the first generation to walk in freedom and begin a flow of God's loving kindness and blessing to a thousand generations after you and 
you can take that for your family, you can take that for your, I know that I'm taking that as I start this new family line as a generation of believers for, genera- for thousands of generations after me, my children, my children's children and onwards, they will all be followers from the Lord, they will all be someone who has come from a descendant directly from God, cut off from any generational sin that's been holding me and they will not hold any from me. And so that's sort of the personal fruit that I've been going through. But God doesn't want things just for us, does he? Like church isn't a club, like we don't have a membership to come here. The church is here to reach outwards. We're not here for us. We're here for Burgess Hill. We're here for 33,000 people out here. We're not here for the 20 people in this room. God is here for us, but we're here for a purpose and we serve a purpose. (laughs) And God's given me a purpose with my testimony. And I've been able to tell it many times now because naturally yeah people always want to hear your testimony and where you've come from and I've been had the opportunity to really show what God's done in my life and that's been within things within our church I've been asked to go to like camps conferences if you like for other churches and tell my story there during this summer I went to a friend of mine's church's family camp and they all like pack up and go away for a long weekend and she'd asked me a couple of times to go but it never worked out but this year I managed to go and I was really excited because I just knew that God had a purpose for me there he kept calling me back to go and I knew that I wasn't going to miss it and I was like okay God if there's one person that this is going to influence Lord God then I'm here for him because I was doing a young people's male seminar during the afternoon and I spoke of that and I just gave my life story pretty much obviously it was very much based on this um but there was one guy and he's 17 um and like like he was a tough guy like you could tell um like he wasn't someone who was very soft but after I talked he came back to me and he was just in tears he was actually brought back to me because he had just gone somewhere and broken down and it turned out that his mum had died three months ago and he has a lot of siblings and he's struggling with that but his relationship with God's being torn apart and if I I almost like envied this guy the relationship that he had with God at 17 he was chasing after God every day he was having devotional time every day reading the Bible every day he was worshipping God every day I can't believe that I didn't nail that in three years of Bible college and I'm still trying to nail that every day now and this guy's got and he was just like I don't know what to do and I just got to sit with him for an hour and just explain my heart to him and he was like I don't know what to do in my relationship with God I don't know what to do in my life my siblings are being awful like my dad doesn't know what to do how can I be what God wants me to be in this circumstance and I could show him I could tell him okay this is what you're going to go through this is the feelings that you're experiencing I know because I've been there but I can tell you right now like I am today I can go and speak to people and I've impacted your life and that's what you're going to do you're going to go out and you have a purpose and your testimony your relationship with God the things you're doing right now is going to have significance in the eternal realms and I just want to wrap this up and Timmy do you want to come up cheers mate um and that's why I wanted to call it the battles and the victories because you're in a battle right now there can be a circumstance you might be chasing after provision or healing and it might feel miles away it might feel like 
you just it's just out of reach. You're never going to make it. But God's got it. He's got a purpose. He knows exactly where you are right now. He knew it thousands of years ago. He knows the purpose he's got on your life and he knows where you'll be in a year's time. And he wants you to focus on the victory. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.